The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that wants to prove it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by the spin-off with help from Vodafone Zone. Please welcome your host, Simon Pound. They say where there's mystery, there's margin. And one thing that's deep in the depths of mystery is trade credit. It's a grunty one to even think about. If you have a business and have anything to do with trade accounts, as a supplier or as a creditor, you'll know they can be a nightmare. To get a single button, you have to fill in your every last detail, give references, fill in pages and sign a witness, and then if there are any changes at that company, you get to do it all again. The terms aren't standard, you might be signing a lot more away than you thought, and if you're the people getting the signatures, are they up to date? Are they what you need? Do you even have terms of trade? Did you just copy someone else's? Well, one person who looked into this abyss of paperwork is Mariana Lowry. After a career in banking and looking at strategy and ways to improve business, she saw an improvement that could be made here and launched one centre. The app has gone through incubation, setting a record funding round for a product at the Flux Accelerator, was part of Vodafone's own, and is helping solve the hard problems with customer usage doubling month on month. To talk making life easier on both sides of the ledger, Mariana joins us now. G'day, nice to see you. Thanks, Simon. Hey, thanks so much for coming up. Tell me, what was the kind of... um, what was the moment that made you decide to start One Centre and move out of what had been a really successful career in banking? Yes, great question. So essentially, I experienced the problem myself. Uh, I started a company with my brother who's in construction and uh before long, we had secured a quite a large contract, um, and so we needed a lot of material to uh, fulfil that contract. So we set about uh, opening trade accounts, and it turned out that we had to open over 30 within a very short space of time. Now, that was extremely painful, especially because we lived in different houses, both needed signatures, both guarantees. So, uh, yeah, so I went hunting for a solution. I just thought someone must have digitised this because everything else in the business we were digitising at the time. So that's where it started. And it just didn't exist. Didn't exist. <laughs> Literally does, does not exist yet. So, and don't get me wrong, it might do somewhere in the world, but 
and we're still looking, um, but we haven't found anyone that has done this yet. And yet this is a, a huge uh, problem because every business that supplies credit and every business that seeks credit should, in an ideal world, have some kind of agreement in place. Yeah, that's right. So Trade Credit is the second largest lender in the world behind banking. So there are millions of businesses in the world, as we as we know, and um, no matter what business you're in, you'll have a type of supplier. Some industries, it's more prolific than others, like construction and food and beverage, uh, which is the which are the industries that we're actually targeting. So, yeah. And what were the what were your first steps to taking this seems like a grunty problem, and then uh, turning that into an idea? How, yeah. how did you how did you um, start and launch? Yeah, another good question. So. Um, one of the things that I learned pretty easy on is that you can convince yourself that something's a problem when it's not actually a problem. And um, and then you need to kind of appreciate and understand the size of the problem. Uh, so I actually bootstrapped for about a year and a half researching the problem uh, in my spare time, which is very difficult when you're working full time. But I had a very um, understanding employer at the time, ASB Bank. And uh, so I set about interviewing as many suppliers and uh, consumers as I could. So I interviewed over 300 uh, to understand the size of the problem, what the problems were, and what a potential you know solution for them might look like. And that's where it essentially started. It's pretty scary at the beginning, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, was that calling people up out of the blue, or what yeah, was, what was scary? Yeah, it was. Uh, so, just whenever I walked into a store, or so Mitre Ten and placemakers, uh, and I just literally got onto LinkedIn and got myself in front of some pretty um, hefty businesses to understand this problem. And uh, you know, you have a perception that this, you know, that big business um, have digitised this process, but no, they they haven't. It's 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 sort of like receipts, you know, receipt banks. It's such a, you know, kind of a problem that you don't really think about until you're having to balance your accounts. So, uh, yeah, and then of course, not only understanding the problem, but then how do you start a startup? Mm. I mean, you know, who does that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I didn't have a lot of people around me. Uh, very few actually who were in this space. So I had to. Uh, I had to kind of research what is it about the problem that would dif- differentiate me uh, in market if I pursued this. And the one thing that stood out was design. So the user experience and the user interface, really important. It's like your iPhone, you know, really easy. Don't, you don't need an introduction manual. You just kind of, you know, flick and click and what have you. So uh, I jumped onto LinkedIn and found the best uh designer I could across Australasia, messaged him and a few months later got in front of him and uh, and he ended up being my first investor. Uh, loved the idea off the bat, Sven Baker, group CEO of DesignWorks and uh, he mentored me in the early stages around what I needed to do to get going uh, before I you know, could give up my job. I mean, who can give up their job in Auckland? Yeah, yeah. And, and had you been looking to start a uh, a startup to start your own business at all before this experience? <laughs> like you, you'd, you'd started the construction thing with yeah. your brother, but not yeah. not to go and be an entrepreneur. No, not at all. So uh, my background really is around setting up business process and um, and you know systems and um, writing business plans and sales strategy. Uh, whereas you know tech startup, that is just 
it was just something that I thought, oh my God, you know, someone must have digitized this. And then that's kind of where it all started. And so I started researching technology and, you know, I feel like over the past couple of years, I've poured in, you know, so much information in a very short space of time. What what, what resources did you find the best along the way? The resources the best? Yeah. Uh, People. So uh, the, uh, you know, we're so fortunate in New Zealand where uh, tech founders who have done this before are so amazingly, um, you know, uh, forthcoming with their experiences. You, you, You can't really... And I didn't understand this until, you know, later on in the piece, how much more valuable uh, getting ideas and p- people's experiences that is than just um, capital, which is where people automatically default and which is where I defaulted to in the beginning. But, you know, it's just, yeah, the pe- you need to surround yourself with the right people. You need to be in the right environments and the right, um, around the right networks and, yeah, so that's... Yeah, like the, the wrong capital will actually slow down oh, your process more than absolutely. anything else. Like yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's got to be the right the right capital. And the people that you have... So uh, the CEO of DesignWorks, yeah. amazing, yeah. Uh, amazing um, person to have on board. And also Ben Keeps. Yeah. yeah who yeah. is... Um, I, I know him through uh, the Venn journey and, and he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I've... Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by... Um, by amazing people and uh, so my chairman who is now the CFO of Farmlands you know a um, a billion dollar company in New Zealand um, extremely talented in his field then we've got Sven and Ben of course who brings a plethora of experience in the startup space and um, and global experience and knowledge as well which you cannot you know it's just um, so valuable when you're racing to go to market, scaling um, technology uh, to be ahead of the curve, knowing that someone's someone's going to be hot on our tails, which is you know in, in a way going to be a blessing because it's very uh, it makes it a lot harder when you're first to market with technology because not only do you need to roll it out and scale it, but you also need to change behaviours that have been around for decades, and that is a lot harder than rolling out technology. Yeah, so, the, the education yeah. piece, like building yeah. the, the road in front of you. Yeah, as, as you go. I mean, tell me about that process of getting the first customers and um, and how that went. Apart from begging, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's called that's called sales. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because essentially one centre is enabling businesses to agree legal trade of terms it's not something that you can say just give this a go and make mistakes like we take that extremely seriously so we have the best lawyers in the world um, Kensington Swan uh, in New Zealand and uh, we needed to make sure that the product would stand up in court for our uh, early adopters and uh, and it can in fact Kensington Swan have quoted that one centre is far superior than anything anything else in market uh, which is brilliant for us uh, so in the early days uh, we had to, um, you know, bring on customers who were used to piloting technology that was in its early stages and could help us uh, with, um, you know, if bugs, you know, things were happening in the product, they would tell us we were literally on the end of the phone 24-7 because not only is it uh, them, but it's their customers as well. So, you know, it's we've got to protect the brand and integrity 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 sorry of our customers but their customers so we've got a two-sided marketplace going on here 
And the, there's benefit for both sides as well, isn't oh, there? Yeah, so so yeah. what's what's your kind of elevator pitch on like the benefit for each side of the equation there? Yeah, so suppliers essentially can agree trade terms within minutes as opposed to um, as opposed to weeks anywhere in the world. So and we have had uh, business owners, you know, in um, where have they been? Thailand, Australia, uh, the states agreeing trade terms while they're overseas. Cause you don't have to be in the office anymore. You don't have to go through piles of paper to conduct your due diligence. It's literally on your iPhone. So it's a great, um, you know, it's a great experience for our suppliers. And then for a customer, they only ever have to complete this form once. Uh, and so when you're dealing with, in fact, we've had a very high profile uh, restaurant in central Auckland uh, change hands. And and they approached us, they have 200 suppliers. Uh, so 200 applications that they had to go and source from suppliers. Now oh, that's a nightmare. Whereas with one centre, they fill it out once and then we pre-populate uh, and then they agree the trade terms for the for the different suppliers and then they're off. So just a, a, a better experience overall for both parties. Um, and, and this, you know, you talk about the the legal side of this. Uh, it's one of those things that people just kind of sign because they need to get the thing released. Yeah. But often people are signing up to enormous responsibilities. Being a personal guarantor for these things means yeah. that you're the very your personal assets. The first thing that people will come after in any form of default yes. and so the, 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 yeah it's it's quite a serious matter isn't it it's extremely serious and where um you've got the uh the customer or the consumer themselves uh who are agreeing to these terms and then you've got the uh the guarantors who you know might be agreeing to a one hundred thousand dollar term they really need to understand what it is that they're, that they're signing up for and so um, one centre goes above and beyond what's currently happening in you know in the paper process mm. uh, so no one has any doubt uh, in the process so yeah and the paper process someone gets out a clipboard with a ratty old photocopy thing and then <laughs> yeah. you kind of lots of little fine print and then people sign at the bottom I don't think people are giving it the process and so yeah. that's, that's really cool to kind of elevate that process yeah well not only that I mean you've got um so I've walked into businesses and they've got cabinets full of trade applications so you know you think about it if you've got thousands of uh, customers on your books imagine all the data that's sitting in these filing cabinets not doing anything mm. you know so then you then you build the central repository aka one center <laughs> that um is able to start analysing the data on behalf of businesses and to provide insights that they've never been able to draw on before. Not only that, the use of, um, you know, you've got businesses, suppliers who are approving trade credit. Now, who teaches them how to do that? You know, they get that it's a best guess, you know, kind of feels right type yeah. of thing half yeah. the time. F photocopy something that they got off a of mate and then absolutely, the names. absolutely. So it's it's like, well, how can we use, um, for example, uh, artificial intelligence AI to start approving trade accounts on behalf of our suppliers rather than them having to do it? So we we can do that. Like we track um, every single approval, every decline. We can see where a customer, where a supplier is going through the product to make these decisions. So, um, you know, get enough data behind us and that's that's the next step. Oh, wow. Providing more security and certainty. Yeah, yeah, around. yeah. Absolutely. T tell me about the day when you decided to 
throw in the job like you know <laughs> oh, a, re- God, a really great career <laughs> at a really great employer ASB and then going out um, on your own what, yeah. what, what was that like at a very great Auckland mortgage so it was pretty it was very scary uh, so the board um, my board at the time uh, were very you know they let me make the decision and when I want to um, to leave my full-time employment mm-hmm. and uh, and go full-time into one centre. So we had just been through our first capital raise. So the, the funding was there, but, you know, in startup world, it's really important that you keep your burn rate down as, as low as you possibly can. And so I talked to my employer at the time, and so interviews that I could conduct through my work hours, they allowed that, which is brilliant. So they're really understanding, but they're, they're, it came to a point where I just couldn't do both. And, yeah, it was very difficult, I've got to say, um, you know, because your salary automatically halves and, uh, yeah, so your lifestyle changes, uh, your work environment changes, you know, it's a huge decision. It's a big risk. How important is it to have things like uh, the Vodafone Zone uh, incubators and the uh, flux incubators and the like, the accelerators, uh, in order to provide a place to be able to kind of, in the ice house, in order to provide a place to get those, um, uh, yeah, yeah, to be able to like really fast track that process when you have got everything on the line. Absolutely. So for me, um, absolutely critical going into being selected, um, you know, one of six out of hundreds uh, in, in the first cohort in 2017 was um brilliant for for me and I didn't really know at the time what I was going into but having come out the other end it it actually has made the difference um for one center and my that's you know how I feel there is no way that we would be global right now without having been through that experience uh you they connect you they give you the advice and support that you need they help you build advisory boards um and yeah so you just can't get that from anywhere else to be in that network and to have that level of support and to go you know how do you build a tech company Mm. it's not not like your traditional companies and then how do you build it to make sure that you can scale at speed globally and that's that's just not something that people do every day and so uh, and then to be um, have the opportunity to work with the Vodafone uh, team you know just you know again furthering um, and enabling me to to um, leverage the amazing contacts that they have available uh, you just can't you just can't buy that you, you know it's very difficult to find that so acceleration programs for me um, even incubators in very early stage uh, not that we went through an incubator but accelerators are essential in my opinion uh, once you've been through one you've probably you know maybe two then you've probably been through enough but yeah critical yeah, and that's so interesting that even with your experience in yeah. business planning, actual innovation systems, yeah. the world of tech is 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 so different that that so, those guard guardrails are, are so helpful. Yeah, I remember when I first went into uh, the Flux Accelerator program. Actually, and the guys, you know, we laugh about it now, but you know, I thought, wow, you know, I've got all this knowledge and experience, and it's nothing. There is nothing like scaling and building a technology company the you know because you're essentially building a company from from scratch that's going to sit in the cloud so uh and how you scale that company you're not 
just talking about New Zealand. You're not talking about, you know, hiring a couple of salespeople. You're talking about onboarding millions of companies worldwide. You know, so that takes a different skill set. Not only that, you know, the top two reasons why startups fail is one, you're not actually solving a real problem. So you need to make sure that you're solving a real problem. And two, you run out of cash. Yeah. So um, if you don't know how to capital raise uh, and you need capital, that's a very big problem. Let, so. Yeah, let's talk about that because you had the um, wonderful distinction of having the best funded product <laughs> at the, the Flux Accelerator. Yeah. And actually it was um, your iwi that came in as part of the, the leading that yeah. um, funding round, which is so cool to see uh, an iwi investing in tech as they are often um, for very sensible reasons uh, very conservative investors yeah absolutely that that actually was a a surprise I've got to say so in the early days I did approach a number of Maori organizations for uh, capital but you know for various reasons it didn't work out and so um, in the second round uh, that's when my iwi Naroru came in I uh I went to my board and just said to them, you know, out of any, out of all the Māori organisations out there, I want to give my own Afano the opportunity to invest. So I approached both of them, and um, it took a long time, to, you know, due diligence, and um, we had to meet their our board, meet their board. Uh, so you know, quite rightly, um, because this is a very new experience for Māori in general, but definitely for uh, my iwi. So uh, I've been extremely fortunate in that. Um, and securing that funding, it, you know, it wasn't easy. If you if you you know want to venture down that down that path, but you know, um, it just takes time. It mm. takes time. Yeah, it's so cool to be um, extending that experience as mm. well because. Yeah. Iwi in New Zealand are such a powerful financial force yeah. and as one of the only kind of um, groups of groups that, yeah. that do want to invest to grow Aotearoa locally, uh, it, it's going to become more and more um, iwi-based investment. It's going to become a bigger and bigger part of the local economy. Yeah, I guess um, you know one of the things that I reflect on is that typically Māori invest in uh, farming and fisheries mm. uh, because that's what what they know and um but you know over recent years have been um you know playing a little bit more in the technology space which is brilliant again a lot more in in farming and fishery but that's okay yeah. so there's not a lot of investment that i know of there could be don't get me wrong um in the SaaS world um the software as a service so uh that for me it's not just about the capital it's about um enabling my iwi to learn so they have a board seat um mark huirua who is uh who um, represents my iwi and for for them they are able to learn what it takes to invest and what it takes to grow mm. a tech company so that's that's equally as important uh for me personally that i'm giving back and sharing uh yeah yeah, that's that's so cool, and yeah. you know I think it is going to be we, we're seeing with um, Nati Fatua or Oraki and the yeah. work they're doing with innovative housing yeah. projects yeah. and stuff like it's, it's yeah it's going to be Iwi that are driving a lot of this interesting stuff and and yeah and you were in Sasta recently as well. I was. Tell me tell me what Sasta was like. <laughs> uh, extremely busy. So we are a, a bunch of us a cohort um, that were pulled together by NZT and Callahan uh, all went um, you know we all traveled over there together 
And the SASTAR is a three-day conference and it is jam-packed of circa 30, 40-minute um, sessions with uh, founders rating, ranging from uh, SurveyMonkey to um, Intercom to, you know, just all of them. The you best, know, the of, best of the best, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, 10,000, 20,000 um, SAS company people, representatives were there. Uh, on top of that, the day before, NZTE, Callahan and NASDAQ um, put on uh, sessions for us the whole day. And then at the, the Friday, the, the balance of the conference, we also had sessions after that with... Um, yeah, so it was it was an experience. Yeah. Um, it was quite overwhelming. I've got to admit, personally. Uh, yeah, so um, you, you know, one of the things that we were preparing for when we went over there was make sure that you know the problems that you want to solve going in there because it's very easy to get overwhelmed because there's so so much that you can learn you know customer success scaling um technology itself you know the different types of technology um pricing um you know governance there's just so much that you can do and so I was very clear about the two problems that I wanted to solve going over there of course I got you know you know starry-eyed with some of the very cool technologies so I went into some of those sessions but essentially it's a week of jam-packed you know your brain is hurting by the time you get out of it starts um, 8 o'clock in the morning and finishes, you know, anywhere 11, 12 o'clock at night because the hustle does not stop. So all the sessions go th right throughout the day and then at evenings you're generally meeting with investors or other like-minded uh, technology companies um, to learn from each other. So, yeah, it was brilliant. Well, what did you kind of bring home from there that kind of the local scene uh, you, you know, because it is the very best of the yeah. best internationally and in the heart of kind of uh, the San Francisco um, e ecosystem as well. What, what, what from that would you bring back here? Yeah, so it was interesting. Like, the I guess essentially the one thing I brought back was confidence. Mm. So all the problems that we're facing in New Zealand everyone else is facing. We're all actually experiencing the same issues. How do you scale? How do you price? How do you... And as a founder, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform and 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 you, you the self-doubt that you have... Um, so, for example, one of the one of the problems that I wanted to solve was to, you know, understand more about pricing. Have we got it right? What I learned was that it's highly likely that you'll never get it right, <laughs> and you will change your pricing several times yeah. through your lifetime. Now, to have that, I mean, it's so simple, but it was just like, oh, thank God, mm. you know, I'm not screwing this up. This is normal, and you know, it's it's just really good to. To hear that um, I'm not the only person going through this, not mm. not only globally but through my peer group, and so so I've made um, more connections and we're able to talk to each other about similar issues that we're going through. I'm talking to people who you know tech founders who are a stage before me. Um, then I'm talking to tech founders who are a stage ahead of me. So we're all learning off of one another. So that's yeah. so magic. Um, the couple of questions that we ask uh, everyone. Um, are there any kind of words you live by? Are there any things you tell yourself when things get tough or things that help you keep going? Uh, yeah, don't pack it in. <laughs> no. <laughs> Apart from that, um, I like to conduct myself with integrity. So integrity is very, really important uh, for me, not only um, for me but also for my staff uh, because – 
you know, this is a tough game. It's high risk. Um, and you start de-risking the business the more success that you have. So for me, conducting yourself with high integrity, trust, um, and yeah, and just being humble, I suppose. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are helping people like me and um, that doesn't go unnoticed. I'm, I'm extremely appreciative of all the support that we get. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you'd known earlier? Uh, there's this thing that you get told, and I wasn't told until you know probably halfway through this journey, uh, about just-in-time information. So there are stages of startup. You've got you know pre-startup, then you've got startup, and then you've got um, you know seed, and then you've got Series A, Series B, and there's so much information. There is so much information out, and it, and you know you can go and study till the cows come home, but nothing's going to matter um, um, unless you're going through it right now. So knowing that I didn't know need to know everything right off the bat would have been really, you know, that would have been really valuable. Yeah. And don't compare myself to, to companies that are, you know, like way, like an ass nicely. So they've been through their Series A. Like I talked to Aaron, um, I talked to, you know, other tech founders, successful tech founders, but I don't compare myself to them at their current stage. I ask them to come back to what was it like in the first year. So just-in-time information is probably the one thing that if I could give anyone advice, don't try and do it all. Um, yeah, just taking the information that you need to know at the time to execute well. Otherwise, you, it will get very overwhelming very quickly. Yeah, eat that elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so magic. Well, thank you so much, Mariana Lowry, for coming in to yeah, chat to us welcome. about One Centre. Uh, if you have suppliers or if you are sick of filling out uh, your trade forms, jump onto One Centre, have a look. It's a great product. Uh, thank you very much to Alice Webladell for producing. And thank you very much for listening. If you have any uh, tips for people to get on the podcast, uh, any kind of feedback, jump on and find us on Twitter at Simon underscore Bound. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. All this was brought to your ears by the spin-off and Vodafone Zone. From the Spinoff Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.